0: This is the Pathways Podcast. This podcast exists to help you find
1: completeness in Jesus. Hi, this is Scott Ensminger. I'm one of the hosts of the Pathways Podcast. And we just want to take a moment to update this podcast with Tyler and Sevi Davison uh, on Thursday, February 25th. Uh, that afternoon, Sevy Davison passed away in an automobile accident. And uh, we just want to take a moment to just reflect on Tyler and Sevy's story, and also here with me, and this, this will not take long, we just want to take a moment with Peter Buckland here and Adam Scooty and just reflect on what our prayer is and hope that you get from this podcast. This is
0: Adam Scooty, and if there are two things that I could encourage you with in this podcast to listen for, one would be legacy, that Tyler and Sevi both come from a faithful family that invested in them and that in their lives they grabbed on to that faith. It wasn't just their parents' faith, but it became their own. And secondly, there's an authentic nature to this podcast. Sevi, and Tyler are authentic people, and faith is not fake. So I'd really encourage you to listen for those two things as we remember and
2: honor Sevi.
1: This is Peter Buckland, and what really has caught my attention is the amazing, tremendous faith that this couple has, and the story of the gospel that moves through their lives. And as you listen to this story, and you think about how the gospel really changes lives, um, ask for God to help you to live the same kind of life for Jesus, wide open. Full, and full of freedom and expression. I want to welcome you to the Pathways Podcast. Uh, our goal for this podcast is just to help you find completeness in Jesus. And today, uh, in this podcast, it's it's me, Scott Ensminger, with with Tyler and Sevi Davison, and we're going to be doing something a little different today. We're going to be talking to both of them about sharing their story, so I want to thank you both for being here today, and uh, as we get started, Tyler and Sevy, just tell us a little bit about what you're doing these days, what's going on in your life, what's going on with ministry, and what your plans are with that.
0: Okay. Yeah, thanks for having us, Yeah, uh, glad first to of be all, here.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: so right now, we are just kind of hanging out here in the Web City Joplin area, and uh, waiting to move to Japan after uh, the country opens to work with Mustard Seed Network. And so that's kind of the big picture of things. There's a lot of things that are going on day to day, getting ready uh, for that move, and Seve's still working uh, in town. So um, that's kind of what we're heading into
1: uh, coming up. But yeah. So when you first go there, will you automatically start working with the church, or will you have to go to the language school, or how does that work?
2: Yeah, initially we are language students, so we'll be involved with um, basically members as at the church, um, but our big goal is learning the language and the culture. And where yeah. in
1: Japan are you going to first? Yeah, we'll be in Tokyo.
0: Okay. Uh, so it's one of the newest mustard seed plants. There'll be a plant um, hopefully in Sendai later this year, uh, sometime this spring. And uh, But we'll be a part of the Tokyo church plant that launched... Last March, um, in 2020, just kind of this, about the same time that COVID was hitting, so we'll join that team. That's where we'll do language school uh, in Tokyo uh, with some some other folks who have just moved there. Uh, Tanner and Delaney Salva they just moved to uh, Tokyo earlier this year. Uh, well, I guess at the end of last last year in 2020 is when they moved. But yeah, we'll do we'll do language school for the first year and a half or so, basically full time. And so just so everybody kind of knows what that looks like for us, because you're probably thinking, "What, you know, what's what's language school? Um, what all does that entail? It basically means we'll be in class for about three hours a day, a little over three hours a day in the morning, five days a week. And then um, after that, we'll basically have three to four hours of, of study time after that, um, just trying to get the language pulled inside of us as much as we can.
1: I would be overwhelmed with that. so
2: <laughs> It's a little scary. <laughs> yeah, but I would think so, yeah. We can do it. We're young.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, I am glad that y'all are here today. So what we're going to do, though, is is what we've been doing with some of these stories that we do is what we just want to back up kind of from the beginning, uh, and you can kind of take turns, however you want to do this. this you're, you're the first couple to ever be on here together, so, uh, so Tyler, be nice on this. Remember. Okay. Okay. But uh, just... <laughs> where you were raised, uh, kind of what home life was like for you, and when you became a Christian. Let's just kind of start there for both of you.
2: Yeah, I can start on that. Yeah, go ahead. Um, I think reflecting back, I as a child, I wasn't really aware of how fortunate I was with my home life. Um, but as I've gotten older and married, reflecting back, I realized just how... Yeah, how blessed I was with the home that I grew up in. Um, my parents are both together and Christians and they really, it was their goal to make a household centered around the gospel. And so, um, I grew up with Tuesday night family, like family Bible study nights and okay. <laughs> always kind of a tension point. Like as we were younger and you know, there were school events happening and my dad, always held firm to those nights as like, this is a priority and, um, and they're going to happen weekly. And so I look back on that now and I'm very grateful because that time was extremely shaping and it taught me that like church is a priority. And if I want it to be a priority, I'm going to have to carve time out for it. And that means missing other things. And so that was just, um, Really big in my life. And Your family so, made
0: sacrifices in order to do that together.
2: Yeah, yeah, And so I think just as a as a young child seeing that example, um, it, it's it's affected me even to this day. And so
1: do you feel like you're you know I was a youth minister for a long time. One of the things that I saw that students would struggle with is is that their parents would be one way at church and a different way like inside the home and even trying to balance that being pushed maybe in. School activities, but saying something different at church, and you always saw this. The kid definitely struggling with that, so you never yeah. felt that that issue. It, it was it was pretty much that Christ yeah. was going to be the center.
2: It was always very consistent, That's awesome. and I, I think my parents did a really good job of, for a while, like you know, we were the children and they were the parents, and they were leading in that, and we had to follow. Right, and then there definitely was a moment where we were invited into that to make our own decisions toward that. And because of the way we had been raised, it was like this is something I want to make a priority in my own time and not just as a family. Okay. So, yeah. Tyler,
1: what was home life like for you?
0: Yeah, it was good. Um, pretty similar with with Sevi. Uh, my parents are both still still together and and Christians, and um, you know spiritually, some of my earliest memories like of, of church or going to church with my grandparents. They lived really close. Um, both sets of grandparents lived close. I remember going to church with them and my parents. And then um, we lived in up near Kansas City at the time when I was a kid. And then right before I started kindergarten, we actually moved uh, down here to to Web City, into the Web City School District and um, moved in August. So uh, got moved in, immediately started, started school. And uh, my parents got connected with, uh, some folks here at at Christ Church, and um, those folks had some kids that, who were about my age and and my sister's age, and um, so just really through some friends that my mom had made, we got connected here um, at Christ Church, and and uh, and that's been one of the biggest blessings in my life. Uh, just having uh, grown up here with uh, Jim Wickencamp as my uh, yeah. as my children's minister, and, Jim. yeah, and you know for me it wasn't always like. It was probably different for Seve. Like, church for me personally was probably more just something that was a part of my life, something that I did along with a lot of other, um, activities. And I, I, I was baptized when I was nine, um, here at Christ Church and, and believe that I would, you know, save then. But yeah, for a long time, uh, involved with a, with a D group from junior high all the way up. And it's been six years since we grad no yeah six years since we graduated and we still get together every year our d group and um around christmas time we'll all get together and we had 15 guys this last year they were still getting together every year so just a really great group and and that was super influential um as well but yeah it probably wasn't until basically right after i graduated high school that um that my faith became much more important. Okay, in my so life. yeah. So
1: one thing that you said there is interesting because when Sam Martin was here, he was talking about, uh, and we did a previous podcast with him. He shared his story. He just talked about his D group meant a big, you know, meant a lot to him, and was a big part of his life. So for both of you, um, like, when did your faith get to where you're like this? it's my faith and i am going to strive to be more like be like christ every day for me it was in college that's when i, I had the the wake up call to go from a community of maybe 2000 people to be on a campus of over 10,000 and then walking out going it's just me here i know two other people on this whole campus and this this is just me so my faith got that was kind of when my had i had my aha moment that I'm going to have to stay focused and work to stay faithful in my walk with Christ because there is a lot of stuff all around me that doesn't look like Jesus right now. So like for both of you, when did you kind of have that moment of like, okay, this is my faith, this is real, and I want to pursue Christ in every area of my life where I am? Where, where was that for y'all?
2: Yeah. Um, so for me, I became a Christian when I was six years old. Okay. I remember that moment with my dad, like, being broken over my sin and I didn't have a solution for it. Um, yeah. Always been a very convicted person. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, That's
1: true. Yeah. yeah. So, so, so guilt can it works real well with you, huh?
2: Uh, I do. I wouldn't say I respond well to guilt, <laughs> but
1: guilt is
0: a motivator, but <laughs> it it's motiva- also crushing. Okay. It's crushing. Okay. Yeah.
2: It's crushing. Uh, but yeah, I've been convicted most of my life. Um, but I remember very clearly in eighth grade having a moment of, you know, just realizing even, like, really coming, you know, coming from such a gospel-centered family, realizing there has to be a moment that, like, this isn't just attached to my family. This has to be an individual thing at some point, you know? Um, and so, yeah, eighth grade was that moment for me where it was just like, I'm in this. Okay. This, is, this is real to me.
1: Okay, what about you, Tyler?
0: Sevy so and I started dating uh, beginning of my senior year, and at least for me, it was pretty, pretty apparent that this girl that I really liked a lot uh, was was way ahead of me um, in terms <laughs> of her her maturity and and godliness, and so um, that challenged me quite a bit to start taking things a bit more seriously, and so for that first year that we that we dated. Um, my last year of high school, she was, she was still a junior, but um, really that, yeah, that whole year was kind of leading up to us going on a mission trip together uh, with Christ Church Albuquerque. Um, so I think the youth ministry still takes a trip out there yeah. when COVID's not happening, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, and so we went on that trip. It was the first mission trip that I'd been on in quite some time. I probably hadn't been on one since maybe middle school or junior high. And those were always just domestic you know, trips right. here in the United States. Seve had been on some um, outside of the States, into, into Mexico and some other places. But um, we went on this together. A few of the guys from my D group in high school went. Uh, a couple of our D group leaders went. And that was just a really impactful week, I think, so really for me, but but for the both of us together. It affected and, both of us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just a lot of conversations we had with other people there, the conversations we had with, with one another. And and I think that's where, you know, God began to humble me much more so, um, coming to terms with the depth of my own sinfulness and my need for His grace. And then that grace just being very, very real to my heart in those moments. and uh, And so I was heading off to Southwest Baptist University to play baseball, and uh, had plans of going into business and doing all these different things. But, but yeah, th- I mean, that was the point where things really changed for me, and and actually kind of along with that, I felt a
1: call to go into ministry. Okay, so Seve, did you, with him going to Southwest Baptist, you know, Baptist and going to do business and all that, you kind of think Tyler was the guy, and this is yeah, we're gonna do this, just do this life together. Were you thinking about going to Southwood Spadbus or were you thinking about going to school somewhere else or in your
2: Yeah. That's you know, a he- funny story actually. <laughs> so I I was very intentional in high school about not dating for fun. Like I, I just was like it's to me, it didn't make sense, and so um, when Tyler and I started dating, and
0: I did or what?
2: <laughs> I don't judge
0: anybody.
2: Go walk but, away from that one. Huh? <laughs> but for me, I was just like, this isn't something I'm going to do. And um, when Tyler and I started dating, I was very intentional about communicating, like. Hey, I see qualities in you that I would like. I had a list. I'm a, I'm a list maker, she and really I had did. a list. Like so have something. you taken
1: the Enneagram or like one? Of the, I'm like a one. Of all, you're a one. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, okay. It,
2: yeah, I feel like it's very telling. Um, okay,
1: I'm married to a one, so I yeah. <laughs> I, I, I what are you, to, Scott? I, I'm a nine. Okay. What are you, Tyler? Three. You're a three. Okay. Yeah. 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 All right. So I, I I definitely I don't have the internal critic. That Kim has as being a one on that, whatever, mm-hmm. but but her drive though makes me better. So go go back yeah. to where you're going <laughs> with this. But yeah.
2: Yeah. So That's- I had a list of what I wanted in a in a husband. Um and it, we I think we communicated like this this relationship doesn't have to end in marriage. There's no pressure for it to end in marriage, but we wanted to start it with the intention that like I see a lot of potential in you. And so um, so yeah, in this point in our relationship, I think we were, we were pretty serious and still, still, you know, just figuring out like, yes, this person continues to be what I would want in a spouse as we got Yeah, we had a other.
0: lot of life still yet to live before right. we were in a position to actually be getting married.
2: Right. We were still very young. Um, yeah. what was the question? Where was that going? <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I was just curious what you were thinking, you know, if he's going off selfless bad, but yeah. he's going to do a... Uh, a degree in business, what you were thinking? Were you kind of like, okay, I'm all in? The reason why I asked that question even is just that you know, Kim and I met at Louisiana Tech, she probably did not think going to Louisiana Tech University that she was going to be marrying someone that was going to be in ministry. Yeah. You know, that's probably not where she thought that was going to be. Right. So, so it was just kind of at curious. at this
2: point, I wanted to be a nurse, and okay. I was like, nursing is a great form of ministry, which I Absolutely. still think it is. Absolutely. Like, I think you are dealing with people in some of their most vulnerable times in their lives, and to be able to care for them and love on them through that... Um, I just think that's so impactful and a great ministry. So in my mind, I was like, "That's what I want to do." And um, with SBU, I was like, "Well, I can go and I can get a nursing degree alongside a ministry degree." So I was like, "Yeah, that college sounds great." Um, but but yeah, I was like, "Business, that's great. He'll be successful." Definitely was not thinking, "Oh, I'm going to be a pastor's wife," you know, down the road. <laughs> Which I wasn't against, but also right. just had no plans right. for.
1: So, Tyler, you're 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 at SBU. Mm-hmm. Uh, God has got to be changing your heart because you make a move after year one there. So, kind of right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, we went
0: we went on that trip to Albuquerque at the end of July, beginning of August, and i i played I played summer ball every year, baseball, and so. Um, didn't go to move that year, but it was able to go on this mission trip, but it's, I mean, it's late in the summer. And, um, so I'm just like probably three weeks out from starting school and with, with college ball, you're, you're doing stuff all fall. I mean, you know, after, after the first week, I mean, you're, you're practicing, um, uh, Caleb, your your son, he he played, you know, you you guys know how that is. Like, it's just, it's just constant. And so, um, but even before, I stepped on campus for freshman orientation. Um, I had called my advisor and set up a meeting and went up and changed my degree and changed a whole bunch of the courses that I was doing. I still had an interest in wanting to learn some principles of business. So I changed I changed from a, being a double major in accounting and finance to being a double major in uh, biblical studies and theology, basically, with a minor in, in business. Okay. Uh, very ambitious, but... Um,
1: That's pretty hardcore. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Anyway, playing baseball, doing all that. But yeah, I started um, uh, playing baseball, but really, gosh, that experience in Albuquerque and coming to... You know, really coming to grips with with God's grace and and the gospel within my own life, and and the way that it affects every decision that I make, I really had a big paradigm shift for the way that I look at everything. And so, the things that really that I was really passionate about—it's not that I wasn't passionate about them anymore; it's just that this thing that God was doing in my life was so much brighter and. I was looking at, at baseball and, and the things that I was doing there at SBU and, you know, practicing 40 hours a week in the fall, in the spring, being gone all the time, um, not being able really to be involved in, in churches throughout the week and serving, being gone for, for games on the weekends. Um, just didn't really feel like I was preparing for the things that God had for me for the next 40, 50, 60 years, however long I you know He gives me here on this earth. And uh, I was like, man, I just feel like I'm kind of wasting my time with this. And so I had, a lot, I had a lot of friends who had gone to Ozark Christian College and um, had never really given that any thought until all of this began to change. And so I was talking to them about um, the classes that they were taking. And Ozark is, I mean, their whole goal is to train men and women for Christian service. Um, and, and oftentimes that winds up looking like, uh, being in vocational ministry, working in a church, working for a, a nonprofit, um, you know, parachurch ministry, being a missionary, um, being you know, teachers, professors, whatever the case may be, being a nurse who, um, you know, knows the Bible really, really well and and loves Jesus a whole lot, right? And so um, I started looking at their degree program and and just. The idea that I was, you know, if I went to school there, I'd be intensely focused on studying the Bible, preparing for the things that God would have me do. And so. Um,
1: and saying goodbye to baseball.
0: Yeah, and saying goodbye to baseball, um, which was just seemed crazy to me because since I was, I've mean, been playing baseball since I was three, you know, it was yep. all I thought about for a really long time and uh, worked you know, hours upon hours in the fall, in the winter, in the spring, you know, just all year round, just trying to hone my game in to be able to take it to the next level. And, uh, I did that and it's like, okay, now I'm here. Like now I get to put all the work that I've, that I've done, um, you know, put it to good use and, and, and do something that's really fun here. But yeah, I mean, we just felt like, I felt like what God was calling me to do in terms of going into ministry was just that much more important. And I just honestly had such a love and desire to to do those things that I didn't really have before. And I just attribute that to God's grace in my own life and, and what He was doing. Um, and, you know, I just... I really don't think about baseball a whole lot anymore. Yeah. You and, know. So and when you crazy. start
1: and when you start being submissive, like when you really like die to self and go, I'm gonna follow Christ, like your passions they just change and you can't really describe it, but it's it's like you miss the other stuff, but you you want the other so bad. You just feel that's that's what you're supposed to do, is a great spot to be in and just says a lot for both of you know, you even where you are today of your faith of going, Okay. I, I want that, but you know the passions have changed. You you know, Christ says, "Come, follow me, and go." Right. And that's what you're doing. So, so you two having conversations during this time about all this going on?
2: Definitely, yeah. Yeah. This honestly is this is the pivotal point in our I think our story as a couple.
0: It was a tough year.
2: It was. I mean, all of those things are really heavy, you know? Um, Now we look back on them and we're like, oh yeah, we see God in that. But it's like, those are really heavy because in the moment you're like, am I just, am I just like kind of making this up in my head or, you know, is this actually God leading us towards something? But we look back now and it's like, this was the pivotal moment where we see God just like building a foundation of where we are now and what that led to. And so... But yeah, there's there's been a lots of conversations in yeah. that time and continued ever since.
0: Because was really looking at going to SPU because it, it's a good school and right. it got a good nursing program and and that's really what she was set on doing. And so you know, I, I'm thinking around Christmas break like I'm gonna play through this spring and then after that I'm I'm transferring. And so we're having these conversations and she's like, okay, well I'm still going to SPU. And part of that was her pride. not wanting yeah pride and not <laughs> wanting to like follow me everywhere I went um but uh th- you know those were some of the conversations that we're having and and that November my first semester of college uh Seve had a major hip surgery that put her out of school for a month like she didn't go to go to school for a full month she during, had a, during your senior year.
2: Yeah. So I missed my senior year of sports and then yeah,
0: basketball and track, yeah. basketball
2: and track. And then, yeah, I was out of school and had to be tutored for a month just because it was such a major surgery. And I wasn't technically supposed to leave the house for that time. So and even
0: when you went back, you're only going back for like Half days yeah for several weeks
2: just because like my body couldn't I was on crutches my body couldn't keep up with like walking the halls all day and then sure. just you know the recovery was pretty intense but
0: yeah so yeah it was it was a tough year so you know like yeah. what you're saying Scott just in terms of you now we do have a desire to to please God and honor him and to do the things that he's calling us to do but it Still doesn't take away from the fact that like we had, I had expectations for myself for what my college career was going to look like with baseball and academically. Um, There's other expectations that are coming in from um, you know people back here in the community who have watched me, poured into me, you know, uh, coaches in the past, uh, you know, family expectations, all these different things that we're kind of throwing around. But yeah, at the end of the day, it was like, okay, this is what I've got to do. You know, I've got to go um, to to Ozark. I'm going to transfer, and um, and it. I mean, it was tough. Like it was, that was a really tough year. But um, um, like Sebby said, you know, there's so much even after that that God's done to bring us to where we're we're at now, where we're moving to Japan. So we never would have imagined that we'd have been doing right. that either.
1: Well, and I, and I think just you know, as a parent, to hear you two talk about like your relationship with Christ and you're having those conversations together. I mean, that says a lot for you too, that you wanted your relationship to be godly. You wanted God in the middle of all that. Um, I love Stevie's stubbornness that she's willing to go like, you know what? I'm going to go here anyway. I love that because I mean, cause she's going, I don't know what.
2: It's like, I'm not going to follow a guy <laughs> <Exactly>. in college. <laughs> <laughs>
1: that, that's awesome. But that just says a lot for both of you, you know, uh, for that. So, um, so, you you eventually I guess you I guess you do graduate I mean are you able to walk for graduation and do all those things and, Yeah and, okay so then so then he's getting ready to transfer what, what what do you do
2: So my dad he's great dad provides great counsel um, Yeah I'm like I'm not I'm not gonna follow him because I kind of felt like I was making my college choice because he was going to SBU so I was like that already looks like I'm following a guy. So I was like, I'm definitely not going to follow a guy to go to Ozark. But then, um, my dad was like, and I had looked into Ozark. I could get the same, basically the same degree where I could go to nursing school and then still get a ministry degree. And then I knew just from the research we had done that Ozark's classes were just offering so much more. Um, and so I was like, this is a really good school, you know, but just that stubbornness. And my dad was like, well, do you really not want to go to the college you want to go to just so you don't look like you're following a guy?
0: Yeah, for the sake of appearances. Yeah,
2: for the sake of appearances. I was like, you know, that's kind of foolish and really prideful. So, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I ended up going to Ozark and going through um, a semester of the nursing program there. And then... Dropping out for various reasons because of things probably tied to our
0: decision to move to Japan.
2: Just yeah, a lot of stuff that happened in Japan, and just facing idols and just realizing I like the path that I am on is strictly feeding the idols in my life. Okay, and so, um, so yeah. Then dropped out of nursing school. Felt really crazy for doing that. Cried a lot. Was um, that the first
1: time that you'd ever really probably quit anything? Because for both of you, yes. <laughs> For both of you, this is probably the first time either one of you have ever quit anything, right? I mean, Tyler, you're going, yeah. I'm done with baseball. I mean, it's probably even hard to even say that to your parents or to a coach. Mm-hmm. And for you, I mean, for both of you, you're both basically kind of having to say the same thing. Yeah. Right. yeah
0: to back up just a little bit, um, the summer in between when I was at SBU and when I came to Ozark, um, so right before our first semester there, I I interned with – with uh, CIY um, and was part of their like move intern staff team. And uh, so I was out in California and uh, that's where I met one of a one of my Ozark professors, um, a guy named Mike Ackerman, who was one of the founders of Mustard Seed. And, yeah. and so that became really influential. And, um, and then I really got interested in church planting uh, later that year and uh, thought that we would wind up doing church planting some somewhere in the United States, and uh, really love cities. Though uh, when I fell in love with church planting, um, we had gone on a trip to to New York City for a, a church planting trip to visit some church plants up there and kind of come to understand what ministry looks like in the city and and the complexities of different cultures, because New York is just so diverse. I mean, you have people from all over the world who who live there, and and so at least in terms of anywhere in the United States, it's one of the most diverse experiences that you can get. So um, just learning how to do contextualized ministry is one of the things that we're exploring, and and that was really a great interest to me. But again, we thought that we would be somewhere in the United States, and you know, this whole time, still serving at Christ Church, seeing that the Martins are moving to Japan, learning more about mustard seed, having conversations with Mike about about church planning, about mustard seed, and then we wind up doing, you know, becoming more and more interested in it. Going on this survey trip to Japan, and then that's when we came back from that is when she dropped out of nursing school.
2: Yeah, yeah. So while we were there, I think we. So at first, I guess I don't even know what the best way to tell the story is. I wasn't open to moving to Japan to being a part of Mustard Seed whenever Tyler had initially brought the idea to me.
1: And (laughs) y'all are still dating at this time, right? No, we're no. This is
2: once we're married. Okay,
1: so okay, I guess we should like. So when did y'all get married? Like three and a half years ago. Okay,
2: August two thousand
0: seventeen. Okay, so. Yeah, we kind of we jumped forward quite a bit, but yeah. Yeah, we started at Ozark and then um so we were engaged when I was 20, she was 19 and married when we were both 20. I was almost I was almost 21, okay? And I have
2: just turned 20. <laughs> she just turned
0: 20. But uh no, it's been great. We love we love being married. It's it's uh just such a huge blessing and you know, wouldn't recommend it to to everyone to get married that young, but Nothing you know,
2: matures you for marriage like marriage. Yeah,
0: that's true, and so it's been it's been really good for us. And had we have not gotten married, you know, none of these things really, I, okay. I don't think would have been happening. Okay, so y'all are having
1: the so you're so now you. You're you're going. No, I don't think I want to do this Japan thing. But you're still at nursing at this time, or are you yeah, already, so I'm uh, still
2: in, I'm still in nursing school at this time.
1: First semester of nursing school. First
2: semester. So all my schooling has led up to this, and now it's like I'm finally. I got accepted into the program. I'm working really hard to keep my grades up. It was like studying so much for a test that you just barely pass. It was, it was like I'm finally here. You know all of this work, and I'm finally in nursing school.
0: And then I come along, and she's coming to Starbucks <laughs> to do some studying, and there I am sitting at a table with Sam Martin, uh, talking about Japan and talking about mustard seed. And she's like, "What's going on here?" I, I mean, was this is genuinely like like a, upset. This is like a month before the Martins moved to uh, Kyoto, Japan. Okay. So she's like, "What are you doing?" Because like,
2: in my mind, I'm like, I really don't want to. Like, I don't want to be a missionary. Um, I was like, I'm not interested at all in that. Like, why can't we do ministry here? You know, kind of stick to the plan that we had talked about. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and so he had brought up mustard seed a couple times and I just, I shut down the conversation. I was just like, you know if we have this conversation, I'm probably going to feel convicted that I need to say yes. And then we're going to end up moving to Japan. And so I was like, we're just not going to have the conversation. And so I would just shut it down every time he brought it up. And then, yeah, I am coming to study at Starbucks and I run into him, like having this little meeting with Sam. (laughs) And I was like, what is going on here? (laughs) So, um, and but all Tyler's doing
1: right now, by the way. Those listen, he's just got a a, a smile on his face right now. He's an ornery things. smirk. Yeah. Yeah.
2: <laughs> he knew what he was doing. Um. But yeah, from that point, we just really kind of researched mustard seed a lot more, and they have a lot of videos online talking about their ministry. And those videos get
0: on YouTube. Go look them up.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Um drop the link. No. Um and so you
0: put that in the show notes. (laughs)
1: Yeah. I'll work on that. I don't even know how to do show notes, but I'll work on it. Okay.
0: You don't even know what that is. I don't
1: have no
2: (laughs) Um and those videos just really stirred my heart toward the things that were happening in Japan and why mustard seed was a ministry. And those Those videos had me in a place where I was like, "Okay, we'll take one more step toward this. No promises, but we'll take one more step." And so it was just kind of a continuation of like, "Okay, one more step, one more step." A lot of those, yeah. And then conversations with people that we just know and trust, and people who are involved with the ministry, Um, yeah. And then that led up to our survey trip, which we were both by that point like really excited and. We're really hoping that this worked out.
1: And what's the survey trip? Yeah, so
0: give a little bit of context to that. Um, Ozark Christian College has been taking pretty frequent trips to Japan, just kind of exploratory, expose people to um, international church planting, cross-cultural church planting. And so basically over every spring break that we were kind of in school, they were taking uh, trips to Japan during the, the week of spring break. And so we were having these conversations, like probably late January, early February. That's probably about the time I was, I was uh, meeting with Sam at at Starbucks. And so we're probably like six weeks out from the spring break trip, and and there's room on the trip uh, for us to go. And so we started looking into what it would be like to get on that trip, to do some quick fundraising, go on that trip and, and explore what Japan would look like um, and what mustard seed would be like with some of our fellow students. But uh, looking at our schedules, said we had uh, tests for nursing school, like the day before we would have left and then the day we would have come back uh, from Japan. And so it was just a lot
2: just like really couldn't be in a headspace to really kind of evaluate and be open to what our future could look like, and yeah. so so yeah.
0: we we decided to just put that off and to explore some other possibilities, and so um, we wound up setting up a trip to go and hang out with uh, Jay and Caitlin Greer and, and even the Martins uh, for a couple of days in, in Kyoto um, later that summer, and so we went at the end of July, beginning of August. We probably could have waited to go that next spring break. Um, I was scheduled to graduate this last May of 2020. Um, But honestly, we're really grateful that we didn't wait because that trip got canceled because of COVID. Mm. And so we were able to go and um, have a little bit more time to explore, go to some of the different cities. Altogether, we were in Osaka for probably four or five days um, spent an afternoon in Kobe. Went to church there. Um, spent two days with the Martins in Kyoto. A couple of days in Tokyo. Back in Osaka again. So all together, about nine, ten days. And and um, yeah, I mean, well, I'll just let you tell this part about yeah. how it kind of became clear for us that this is what we needed to do.
2: Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um. So yeah, in Tokyo, I remember us being in the Sky Tree. Sky Tree. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I remember being there, and we would always call it the wrong thing, like Sky Tower or something like that.
0: It's it's like the tallest structure in Tokyo. You have a three hundred and sixty degree view of the whole city. You get up there, and on a clear day, you can see all the way out to uh, Mount Fuji, which is wow. forever away. Okay. I mean, Fuji is is huge. You know, it's almost thirteen thousand feet. But um, yeah, I mean, it's just. Literally, you look down, and you look up, you look left, you look right, and there's nothing but buildings everywhere. Just absolutely everywhere. Nothing but buildings.
2: Yeah. So Jay, you know, he's a numbers guy. He's sharing all these stats with us <laughs> about just, like, all the non-believers there and people who literally don't even know the name of Jesus, which I think kind of here is, like, just a weird thought, you know, We say people, you know, they don't know Jesus, and by that we mean that they aren't believers. But like these people, literally, don't even know the name of Jesus.
0: What's a Jesus?
2: Yeah, what's a Jesus for real, though?
0: How's a Jesus? (laughs) Yeah,
2: exactly. And so we're just we're up there just looking over this city and these buildings and these cars that represent people, and it's like overwhelming. Yeah, and. I just remember being there and looking over the city and thinking like, just like what would what would my life look like being in those cars or living in one of those buildings and walking these streets and what's different, like what would be different between my life and their life? And it's like the fact was that I've had people who have shared the gospel with me, who have discipled me, and I have that hope in my life. We both do. Mm-hmm. Um, and so really... I felt like if I can call it a crisis of faith, (laughs) I felt like I had this moment where it was like, okay, if what I like, if I actually believe this, if I actually believe in the hope of the gospel, I need to do this. Like there, there was, it felt, I don't know that there's been a moment in my life that has felt so clear of like, I need to do this if I believe what I say I believe. Mm. And so, and I, I just remember us both, um, after that, like coming down and like getting in the, in the little train and both of us just like looking at each other with this scared smirk of like, we know what we need to do, but now that, yeah, who's going (laughs) to say it first? (laughs) Yeah. And just, I, I just remember feeling this weird balance of such fear, but such peace in the fact that I knew that God was in this decision, but also such fear of like, my life will never be the same, and I wish that it could be, you right. know? And so that was really the moment for us where where we knew, where it was, it was, we were put in a place to make a decision.
1: So you come back home? Mm-hmm. Begin to have those conversations with family. Yep. That sounds like fun. Yeah. <laughs> I, I know that I was, I, you know, I was, when I graduated college, uh, I was part of a, a church uh, in Louisiana, and uh, we've just felt the need, nothing like what you were going through, but just felt the need that I needed to go tell my parents that I think I'm going to go try to see if I can do this youth ministry thing. And a. Somewhere that I know nothing, of, you know, know nothing about the town I'm going to go to in Missouri. So, instead of being three hours from my parents, I'm going to be, you know, ten hours away. Mm-hmm. And and I know that my dad didn't really have anything to say to me for a, a week or two there of that. But I remember going and having that conversation. That is nothing in comparison to with the conversation that you two are getting ready to have <laughs> with family. And so, how did all that go?
0: Yeah, I mean, you know they knew why we were over there yep. in the first place. So it wasn't a huge shock, you know? Um, but yeah, it, no matter what, like that's, that's a tough conversation to have. And um, it's, I think it's gotta be tough. Like we're not parents, so we don't, we don't know what that's like, but you know, I just imagine for my parents, for Sevy's parents, like, I know that they were just so, so proud that we were doing what it was that God was calling us to do and leading wow. us to do. But at the same time, like it's still, it's still really sad. It's still really hard. Um, and yeah, it's, I think it's right for them to, to have felt maybe even a little bit heartbroken Absolutely. at the fact that, you know, we're not going to live 10 minutes away like we do now, like for my parents, 20 minutes from Seve's parents. And, um, Like my mom works here at the church, you know, we just saw her before we came in to to do this podcast, you know, (laughs) and uh, we can go over there whenever we want to see him whenever we want to. And not only, you know, when we went to Japan and visited, like Sevi was saying earlier, um, that, that experience, uh, displayed for us idols that we had in our own lives, like just a vision for what life should look like. And when you move to a different place or explore what looking, what it would look like to live in a different place, an entire different country. Um, you don't really have a vision for what it's going to be like for your kids to grow up there because you only have your own experience. Um, you know, you have a have an idea of what you want your house to look like
1: someday. Is that what you're meaning by you're saying idols? Because you both have said idols. You both have used that in this conversation today that you both kind of had different idols that you were thinking it was like what you thought your home would be like here or the jobs you'd have here. Is that kind of where you're going in that thinking of that?
2: Yeah, I, I think it they showed up in a lot of ways. One, our house like for me, I remember we stayed in the Hinkies house one night. Some teammates of the
0: Martins. And they li- literally live right next to each other to each other. Okay. Yeah.
2: So. And I remember like walking in and they like was it the Martins yacht they had like helped us get all our stuff settled in and everything and then I remember as soon as the door closed like I just started crying because you know you walk in this little skinny house and it looks very Japanese and you can stretch your arms out and touch in the hallways like both sides of the walls and like so very
0: easily like you put your shoulder on one and then just like barely reach out um, to your left and it's like there's only maybe two and a half three feet you know, in width for this hallway. And then you roll down the window outside and you just touch your neighbor's house. Yeah. Like it's it's literally half a foot away. Wow. You know, just just tiny. So yeah, those are the kinds of things where it's like.
2: And I like wood floors and white walls and open floor plans and a yard for our kids to play in and football. I wanted my kids to play football and didn't realize I had this picture of our future. Until I was sitting in a place where it was completely shattered, like there it wasn't going to happen. And so I remember just in that moment being heartbroken, but also just like taking that to the cross and saying like this isn't this isn't worth it. worth you know, it's not more important than what we're doing, you know, and it's not more important than the gospel. And I think just being like reminding each other of that um, has been big. For me also, another idol just with the reason I dropped out of nursing school was just I realized while I I was there that security was just such a huge thing for me and that I was going to nursing school because it provided financial security, job security, even this sense of security that, you know, once we had kids, if we had, you know, Something happened at 2 a.m., I would at least know how to deal with it enough for us to get to the hospital or something like that, you know? Just the security of capability and knowledge. And so being there, I was just like, I I don't know that I can continue nursing school because I don't think it's actually what I want to do. I think it's just something that is feeding this idol that I mm. had. And so that was really one of the big reasons I dropped out. Other reasons were just that it it wasn't going to work in Japan. And so, and those were kind of less of a reason. I had solutions of how I would make it work and, (laughs) you know, but it was more all of the idle stuff that we faced while we were there.
1: Sure. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But Scott, you know, what's, what's tough about all this is like we went through those experiences together, um, whether it was the the mission trip in albuquerque or the conversations that we had together or going on this you know survey trip vision trip to um japan and we're making this decision for ourselves like this is something that god's doing in our life and we're choosing to you know give up some of these things for the sake of the gospel and and you know for the sake of the kingdom of god but then what's really tough is that we're also asking other people to make that sacrifice Along with us, and like they have had, yeah, they haven't had some of those experiences, and mm-hmm. you know, I know that God's taught our families, our friends, a lot of a lot of things along the way, but at the same time, it's like we're, you know, because of decisions that we've made, we're we're putting this on you, mm-hmm. and a part of me doesn't want to apologize for that because it's you know that's just part of the way that we become you know more like Christ and become sanctified, but again, it doesn't, doesn't mitigate the fact that it's still hard. Right. You know? Yeah. And so, um, yeah, I've just been really grateful for, for both of our parents who, you know, it just, it just takes a little bit of time, I think, to, to catch up and to, like, catch your breath and, you know, to think about these things. And,
2: and they're us, allowed space to grieve. Yeah. Like, we, we were able to grieve while we were there. And, I mean, there was still processes of grief once we got home, and still are today, and I think once we move, but I think a big thing was to realize, yeah, that our decision was affecting other people, and that they were allowed to feel those things Absolutely. as well.
1: That's that's and that's huge, and that's very. I don't want to mature y'all, but that's you know even y'all understanding that they're gonna grieve that and do that. I think that is that that's that's a big thing to let them process that as well. Yeah. So. You so you're graduate? Have you already graduated? Yeah. Okay. So yeah. now you've been spending how long now? Because you're you've been doing the fundraising, all those things. So what is all? What's that journey been like for y'all?
0: Right. So um, we get back August 2019, have those conversations, um, you know, and basically get brought on board and kind of like in. October, we kind of sign our our fundraising agreement. Like, here's how much we're going to raise, um, you know, monthly, one time. The goals that we have for uh, raising raising uh, support for mustard seed, and and so yeah, we're in school. Um, I was working as a as a youth minister at the time at a, another church here in Web City. So uh, we there for for two and a half years until this last August before we did some, had to leave to go do some training, um, some pre-field training, but yeah. So that next year just looks like fundraising school work, you know, all the COVID stuff, you know, coming into play, you know, March, April, um, finishing school more or less just online, um, graduating in May. And, um, and then it was just kind of full-time work for me from there. And Sebby started working full-time. She's now a, Graphic designer um, for a company here in here in Joplin, and does a really phenomenal job at it. And it's you know that's Thank where you. <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> it, that's one of the areas where we've definitely seen God's faithfulness through this. Because when she dropped out of nursing school, we're like, what in the world are we going to do? And she always had an interest in in design and art and graphic design, but um,
2: it's more you know, what a hobby we? for me. Yeah, the, exactly. I, I just didn't know you could have a future with it.
0: Yeah. So. Yeah, and you know, within within two months, uh, she had a had a job in graphic design, and uh, has slowly been been learning and growing, and that turned in from a part time job into a full time job, and and yeah, she's just just crushing it now. And and what's really great is that that job is now preparing her for work that she's going to be able to do with mustard seed. Absolutely. Um, with design. And, and they've been intentional of, about yeah.
2: communicating that, which is just, I, I don't know that they realize how much of a part of our story that they are and like how we can see God's hand in that in preparing us to go and what we're going to do there. I don't think they're aware of that in, whenever they were communicating those things to me.
1: Yeah, because that's interesting because you were saying a while ago that you thought, like, okay, hey, with the nursing, I'm not going to do that here Mm-hmm. And then God opens a, a door for you to already use a, a talent that you have in a way that you didn't even know.
2: Yeah, which all those things really just, they weren't anything I could have planned. They honestly just fell in my lap. Like where where I am with a career just fell in my lap. That's, so.
1: that's amazing.
2: So yeah. it's just so evident that God was in all of those decisions.
1: Yeah,
0: which is confirming for us to know that,
2: mm-hmm.
0: you know, what we're going into with mustard
1: seed moving to Japan is, is is the right thing. So, so what's what's we're going to say? What's the hope slash goal right now for y'all to get to Japan? What's what's that look like?
0: Yeah. Uh, so, really, the last part of 2020, I was focusing on trying to finish up the last of our support raising, and then um, in late November, we started working on some paperwork to get our visas. Um, There's kind of two sides of it. There's a part that takes place in Japan, which we have other people do for us. And uh, so that that actually went really quickly. Um, But in terms of getting that paperwork here into the States, it took a long time. Um, Took over a month for that to get here. And in that time um, that we were waiting for that paperwork, uh, Japan announced that they're going to be closing their borders. And so um, we're more or less just waiting at the moment. Um, They're not issuing new visas even though we have the first part of the paperwork that we need. And so as soon as the country reopens, they begin reissuing visas. Um, I'll fly to Chicago to the consulate that's there um, in Chicago and um, I'll apply for our visas. And then hopefully within a week or so, we'll get those. And then probably a week after that, you know, we'll be moving. Um, So right now it's looking like that could potentially be in March um, we'd hoped that it was going to be in January, then we hope February, now we're hoping March. Um, so that's kind of what we're waiting on. And, um, I'm trying to do a few little projects for, for mustard seed, work on some, um, some English lessons and, and some other, um, some other like theological resources that we're trying to work on. And, uh, so i still working and, um, so that, yeah, that's kind of what life looks for us at the moment.
1: How, how can we pray for y'all? Like is when somebody hears this podcast, and you know today is the third of February, but you know they're gonna be hearing this later in the month, uh, and and from and it'll be out here for a long time after that even. So I just, how can they? How can people pray for y'all?
2: I think um, this was a conversation we actually just had today, but I've realized it's been a big part of just a way that I I could use prayer uh, for me individual. I think actually for both of us, but for me specifically, I really have struggled with this. Um, just this like almost panic and fear. It's like, okay, we're going to go and we're going to share the gospel with these people that don't know. And... We need to be really skilled and we really need to know theology and we really need to know our Bible. And I just have like this panic of I don't know enough. And so I'm going to learn all of this stuff really fast. And I like just kind of trying to microwave everything I know in order. So like, so that I am enough, so that I can finally be enough to be able be to go enough, yeah. yeah, to be competent enough to go and be a missionary, you know. And just taught we were talking about that earlier before we came, and it was just like, that is not the gospel at all. That's not the gospel. And so, um, I think just
0: for us to be enough rather than Christ to be enough. Yes. Mm. Yes.
2: Thank you for clarifying that. Um, yeah. So I think just prayer for those those thoughts that creep in and those ideas of like what you need to be to be a missionary that are other than Christ. Um, that's really I think something that we battle and we will battle a lot more once we're there and we don't know the language and you know mm. those triggers.
0: Yeah, I mean, whether you're a missionary, cross-cultural church planner, or you attend church here at, at Christ Church, um, you know the these things don't change. Like, there's a temptation for all of us to want to position ourselves as being someone who is uh, competent, who knows the Bible again, who knows theology, who you know has a has a great and, and you know, deep and rich prayer life and relationships with other people, um, but you know, the, we're not we're not called to Christian professionalism, and uh, and so I think that's just one of the temptations, challenges for us. And I think, yeah, just a way that people can can pray for us is just that we would be daily reminded um, in those moments where we where we don't feel it like enough, where we lack competency in the Japanese language and, you know, trying to figure out how to, you know, buy soap at the, at the grocery store and (laughs) not being able to read anything or figure anything out. Um, just that, you know, no matter what happens here, whether things go really well or they go really poorly, um, that we would have, um, joy in knowing that, you know, our names are, are written in the Lamb's Book of Life, right? That, that, uh, that Christ is our Savior and that we we don't need to do anything. We don't need to express any kind of competency, but that that Christ truly is enough for us. So, yeah, if you all that are listening to this would would pray those things f- for us um, and for yourselves because uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes. we all need it, um, yes. need the gospel beaten into us every day. So um, mm-hmm. just, just pray for that. Uh, we'd really appreciate it.
1: Well, I think that's huge, and we're just grateful that y'all took some time to be able to just to share your story um again in the way we talked about even before we started recording it's just i think it's just powerful whenever people uh hear what god has done in someone else's life and and how he begins to work and and has a plan even though we think we're pursuing it one way he still gets us back to where we're supposed to be Mm -hmm. and i think that's huge for both of you and i i admire you both uh i think it's amazing what you're doing um it's overwhelming, you know. Even as just as as someone that that has been in ministry for a long time, just to be thinking about what it'd be like to go over somewhere and you're trying to share the gospel that you know in your head, but trying to get those words out. And um, which I kind of struggle with that even in the language that we've all been raised in. So right. I can imagine what that's <laughs> going to be at times. But I'm just so grateful for both of you. Just so proud of, of what both of you're doing, and just love your example, uh, love here, and just even your your conversation about in your dating of how serious you both were about your faith and what you're going to do. So just thank you so much for sharing your story today.
0: Yeah. Thanks for having us. We really
1: Mm -hmm. appreciate it. And again, we just want to thank you for listening to the pathways podcast. And if you, um, have been touched uh, just by this uh, podcast and been challenged by it. We just encourage you just to tell your friends about it and just remind them that they can, uh, anywhere that they get their podcast, just type in Christchurch Vornogo and they can find uh, just the different uh, series and opportunities that we have for them to be able to follow. Thank you again so much for listening to the Pathways Podcast. Thanks again for checking out this podcast from Christchurch Vornogo. We hope that this teaching
0: is helping you discover completeness in Jesus and encourages you to help others do the same.
1: If you're interested in learning more about Christchurch, visit us online at cco.church.